Our number one priority is to stay strong, Westcon strong, during these challenging, uncertain, unprecedented, and difficult times of crisis, stress, and hardship. Here at the podcast at WCSU, we want you to know we are sending prayers and keeping you in our hearts, because we are all... <laughs> I'm Paul Steinmetz with Pete Puccio, and this is At WCSU, the podcast of news, information, and gossip about Western Connecticut State University. And today we're going to look at uh, how it's going with online learning. We're talking to three professors, Bill Petcanis from Communications, Sharon Young from Social Work, Forrest Robertson from Chemistry. They all have their PhDs. They're all doctors. I'd like to make sure everybody knows that, but I'm on a first-name basis for with all of them, so uh, they aren't going to get mad at me. And in this three-part series, we will hear about best practices, how this online learning has been going so far, and why online is not the long-term solution. And face-to-face is still going to be a big part of what we do at Westcon, even after we're all doing uh, a lot of social uh, closeness and having parties and all that kind of stuff. How does that all sound, Pete? Sounds good to me. All right. Sharon Young is going to share with us how the transition has been going. I think what I take away from our discussions with professors and students is that teaching and learning is still taking place, and it has required extra work to make it happen. But everyone is willing to do that, and all in all, it's working. The things that don't work, they're trying to fix. That's a pretty good place to be. So let's talk to Sharon Young, social work professor here at Westcon. So, Sharon, have you taught online before this part of the semester? Yes, I taught a social work research course mm-hmm. uh, for one semester, and I found the students really had a hard time not having face-to-face contact with me to mm-hmm. help them with uh, the challenging parts of the material, and so... Uh, I changed it to a hybrid course. So Hmm. the lectures are all pre-recorded, and I use something called VoiceThread to do that with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I meet in class one day a week, and we use it like a lab where we're um, exploring and practicing um, problems and um, looking at our hypotheses and troubleshooting and explaining. So um, I found that doing the hybrid model was really pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Hybrid seems like the way of the future for a lot of uh, things. Um, if higher ed really moves toward uh, virtual classrooms, that a lot of them are going to be have to be hybrid, I would think. Just the face-to-face, right, is important for students and students and students and professors, I would think. Yeah, I personally, it's hard for me to um, not get that um, personal connection with a student. Um, I understand a lot of what the students are understanding by looking at their faces. And so mm-hmm. when I'm recording a lecture, it's difficult to know like whether or not you're really hitting the mark. Um, so when I go into the classroom, I can look at their faces to see 
um, you know, if they make that 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 face where their head kind of tilts a little, like they're confused, or um, if they, you know, they they're nodding like they're getting it, and you know, getting all that nonverbal feedback to me is important. Um, I think it's different for different professions, um, and it's also different for different students. Um, some students really enjoy online learning, um, but a lot of students uh, also still enjoy having that classroom experience. I would think maybe for graduate level, there might students might be a little more in tune with it, just partly because they're all of them almost are working full-time, et cetera. They're juggling family and things. Not that our undergrads aren't, some of them also, but um, they might be more prepared for it, right? They aren't 18, they're however old and, yeah. uh, right, not just out of high school. Yeah, and I think it depends on really what you're teaching. So I think some mm. subjects lend themselves more to an online modality than other subjects. So um, a lot of that depends on whether – if you're just delivering content, I think it's easier to do that online versus mm -hmm. if you're doing more um, learning that involves engagement and process, then I think it's it's more challenging to do that in an online setup. Yeah. And social work isn't exactly a lab kind of thing, <laughs> but it is teaching how to engage with people face-to-face, -face, right? Yeah. it's it's There are social work programs that are fully online. Um, and they, they definitely have challenges that they have to work around because we're really uh, training students how to work with people. And so we really, a lot of our classes are taught like a lab. For example, I'm teaching a practice course right now where um, there's a group simulation that happens. And so everybody portrays a member of the group and each week another pair of students takes turns playing the social worker in that group mm -hmm. so in person that group uh kind of takes on a life of its own and they get to really experientially feel like what it's like to run a group so mm -hmm. in the current situation we've had to take that in-person experience and translate it to an online modality mm -hmm. were you doing any online courses this semester before we switched to all online no, I just I had my research hybrid course, um, and other than that, everything else was in person. So it was kind of a crash course for you too, right? To uh, redo the curriculum and everything else. Yeah, I actually um, I'm fortunately I'm pretty adept at technology, and so um, I was already leaning heavily on technology for a lot of the mm. stuff I was doing. Um, so it wasn't as challenging for me as it was for other people. I'm kind of the person in the department that everybody else comes to and goes, how do I do this? Or how do I make this happen? Um, so a lot of times, like if somebody asks me a question, I've already uploaded a video explaining how to, to do that. So mm -hmm. um, for me, it wasn't a huge transition, but for some of our adjuncts who maybe weren't even using Blackboard, it was a huge, huge leap for them. Um, and it's, it's it's a definitely a different experience when you're teaching online versus in person. Mm -hmm. How have you found your students reacting to this huge change right now? I think that a lot of them get frustrated with the technology because oftentimes the technology that you can use in 
uh, through education is different than the technology that they're comfortable using. Mm. Um, it's not as seamless and um, as easy to use um, and engage with uh, than um, some of the stuff that's available, you know, in their personal uh, the 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 software and websites and things they use in their personal life is just better developed than a lot of the mm -hmm. stuff that we use in the classroom. Uh, and so there's a learning curve that has to happen. So, you know, where our uh, kids might be really good at using Instagram and TikTok, mm -hmm. <laughs> they Got may it. not be as good as using Blackboard and WebEx. So there's a learning curve for everybody. Um, I do notice that when I have a WebEx um, meeting, which WebEx is a software we use to have video conferencing, mm -hmm. uh, I notice that the students, before I log in, will be having conversations with one another because they really miss that face-to-face -face contact. Right. Um, and they also miss that time where they get to really share and connect with each other because um, after class, you know, for example, today I had a web conference class and after class, some of the students were lamenting with each other about how they've all been laid off from their jobs. And, mm. you know, they, there's a lot of economic insecurity with our students. And mm -hmm. um, it's a very stressful time for people that are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and a lot of our students fit that category. And sure. so for them to have to worry about learning a new class modality, changing up their work, not having the same type of access they'd have to their co-workers, co, uh, their classmates, their professors. It's a lot of change happening. Mm -hmm. Are they all showing up for class when they're supposed to? I, I find uh, my attendance is the same in person as it is online um, because, um, you know, part of it is because I teach within a major where um, we have a cohort model, so they all go through the process together and they kind of count on each other. Um, and so if somebody's missing, people are going to be wondering where they are. Um, mm -hmm. So they feel a responsibility to themselves um, and to their classmates to be there. There's been some some speculation, not really at Westcon, but outside in the higher ed world about how this will change everything and now we're just going to be online and all that, But uh, which I personally have discounted, but it sounds like you're feeling the same way, that it's not the way that it should go anyway um, once this COVID-19 thing passes, however long that is, that uh, there is value to the in-classroom, face-to-face uh, kind of teaching that goes on, has been going on at Westcon and most other places for a long time. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes when you're resisting change, you're not sure whether or not it's because you've always done something a certain way and that's how it should be done or whether, you know, it really is not the best option to change in that direction. So having taught online and then having taught in person, I I know that the students generally have greater access to understanding the material when they have somebody in front of them to um, ask after them. So if I see a student struggling, I can stop by their desk and say, it seems like you're struggling with this. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. um, or I can um, ask them in person, you know, what's going on? You know, like you're not, you're not really engaged in the conversation. 
it has a more personal sort of touch to it. Um, mm -hmm. And also there's something about when you're teaching to a video screen, it just feels different than when you're teaching to a group of live people because I can change what I'm doing in my approach when I am in a classroom because I get that dynamic feedback cycle from the students where they're really feeding me with the energy of whether they're with me or they're not with me. But when I'm recording a lecture, I, I don't know if I've lost them or not. So yeah. it's, it's a lot harder to have that, that connection and that personalization of education when you're not in a classroom. Right. The, uh, there are on or things you can buy that are lectures by you know, great professors that are sometimes kind of entertaining. But, you know, when I listen to them, I'm, of course, not in a class. I'm not doing it for a grade. Usually I'm driving down the road and mm -hmm. um, it's not the same thing. I think it's interesting that you are the you know, you're very technically adept and uh, at the same time. Uh, value the face-to-face uh, -face part of it too, uh, kind of that hybrid, as you were talking about, is probably the best way to go for a lot of classes anyway. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, there's just something about um, the experience of the students having the support of each other too, that, mm. that a classroom really lends to mm -hmm. the experience so that if you're in a classroom with other people and you see what their triumphs are and you see what their struggles are, um, that connection creates a, a sort of a, a team approach to learning mm -hmm. um, that has a, a value to it that is, I think, not impossible to create in an online learning environment, but it definitely is, I think, more challenging to create that environment. You definitely um learn more from your fellow students when you're working face-to-face, -face, I have found. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. And so, and all the um, office hours and all that stuff, are you working all that out too? Yeah. Um, I, basically, um, my classes are meeting through um, video conferencing. Um, one of my classes, I've created almost like a hybrid model where I'll um, send them a lecture for one of the classes and then we'll meet uh, on video conference once a week um, to have a discussion and exchange. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've been meeting with all my advisees as far as, um, you know, it's been advisement time where we meet with all our advisees and we've been doing that through video conferencing and that's been fine. Um, and then I just tell my students, just whenever you need me, just send me an email and we'll set up a meeting time. So, you know, the difficult time is that um, I feel like some of our students, because they're um, first responders, they're working in hospitals. I had a student who was online in a class wearing a face mask because she actually was in the hospital hmm. taking the class while she was at work. Her boss allowed her to do that. Wow. So. I feel like I need to be a little more flexible than I would normally be. Um, yep. So I am having meetings with students on Sundays and Saturdays and evenings and mm. um, because I know this is a crisis time and our students are the backbone of what's making things happen. Our students are the people that are doing the intakes of um, people when they come into medical settings. They're working in grocery stores. They're um, delivering your food. They're making your food. That's who's out there taking care of the rest of us. And so mm -hmm. I feel a need to be more flexible to respond to the fact that they're 
schedule demands have changed since this has happened. Hmm. Thank you for doing that. The um, one thing I've noticed about this uh, whole situation we're in is that, you know, working from home, uh, juggling things is one thing, but it uh, things come at you a little bit faster now. People yeah. have little mini crises, right, that you have to try to deal with that come up out of the blue that you wouldn't if we were working in our offices, in our classrooms, and uh, things were kind of going along the way they had been. Yeah, it's, it's, it, you definitely feel like there's not a time where you turn off the work. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate the hard work you're doing in the classroom just as uh, an observer and somebody part of the WestCon community. I uh, want to say that. And uh, thanks for being part of our podcast today, too. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, I think that the professors at WestCon are doing the work we do because we really love the students, and we respect how hard they all work to get an education. Um, I think that sets WestCon apart from other experiences, um, you know, in, in the teaching world. And I think all of us are really committed to, to being there for our students in whatever capacity we can do that. Yeah, it's what one of the things that makes WestCon a special place to uh, work and study at, I think. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Uh, so what's going on? Uh, let's talk about what's going on, on campus. Yeah. One thing is uh, there's a survey that has gone, been emailed out to every senior about what their thoughts are about a commencement. As you know, our regular commencement scheduled for the middle of May has been, is not going to happen. But uh, there might be other ways to celebrate getting through with four or more years of college at WestCon. So we're asking seniors about, uh, do you want to do it in the fall? Do you want to, uh, you know, wear uh, bells on your toes? All the different options you can have for <laughs> celebrating commencement. So if you want to have a voice in that, check your email and answer it and get do it fairly soon because uh, we aren't going to just wait forever for everybody to answer. And we'll see what we can do. Another thing going on for seniors is through my colleague Sherry Hill in the public relations office. She is gathering headshots, selfies of every senior who wants to submit one. And we're going to have a gallery of graduates on the WestCon website and on Facebook too. So we're, no matter what happens with an actual commencement, we're going to celebrate seniors graduating this year. And a lot of students are participating already. We'll put everybody up who sends in their photo uh, with some information. So it's, uh, we've advertised that on um, Facebook mostly. So just figure that out, get the information, and uh, send it to Sherry Hill at pr at wcsu.edu. 
and we'll make sure you get some recognition for all your all you've done in the last uh, four or more years here at Westcon. Great. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You don't have to wear a cap and gown either. There you go. That's a bonus. Those things are terrible. Yes, they yeah. are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to wear a mortarboard again. I look like a clown in it. <laughs> Some of the faculty, though, they have those really fancy robes. Yeah. Regalia, if you will. Um, yes. I always like looking at that. It's definitely a Harry Potter moment when yeah, they start marching through the thing and all their big floppy little... purple hats and <laughs> yeah. yeah, their cams and, yeah. you know. The president is weighted down with about 10 pounds worth of metal and chains around his neck. Yeah. But you got to do it if you're president, I guess. There you go. Or maybe we'll never do it again. Who knows? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> no, that's not true. Don't say that. I know. That, I know. We're I'm gonna sorry. Celebrate. We're going to celebrate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In honor of Pano, we'll have the, the big barbecue. That's right. He'll be in his fireman outfit. outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, otherwise. Yeah, everything's calm. Good. Yeah. Everybody stay safe and uh, enjoy the weekend, right? Then have a good weekend, okay? All right. Thanks, Paul. I'll see you later. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media. Engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Foley. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at WCSU.edu. Thanks for listening.